Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. From Academy Awards to Diversity Rewards, that's what we saw last night. The most left-wing, amateurish, sophomoric, anti-white, anti-American, or wokest ever awards ceremony. It was so boring. It was frightening. And then they attacked Anthony Hopkins for winning because he's white, if you can believe it. And who attacked him? A Chinese guy. How do you like that one? Well, we'll go into this later on. And we'll talk about how the entertainment industry has become something other than entertainment. So what were the categories for the Academy Awards? Well, it used to be called the best or the Oscar for leading role from the leading role to the bleeding soul. From the best supporting role to the best snorting troll. From best cinematography to sleaziest pornography. From the best animated feature film to the most contaminated creature film. From the best costume design to the best men's room grapevine. (laughs) God, shall I go on one more? From the best visual effects (laughs) to the best pitiful rejects. I've got to thank my assistant producer, Dr. Helen Cunningham, for some of these. They're very funny. But now we go on to some of the other things in the Academy Awards that we should talk about, which is the fact that... The attack on America and on police, as to be expected, was childish, sophomoric, and painful to watch. Now, why did I watch it? People say, if you, if you, why are you watching it? I'm a social commentator. My job is to comment on societal issues. And this is like the World Series of Entertainment, isn't it? So that's the reason I had to watch it. Mrs. Savage got some takeout pizzas and some salad. 
We had a friend over. The dogs are all there running around. I took it as long as I could. I drank as much wine as I could as quickly as I could. And every time one of the speeches went off, off the beam here, another hateful black, another hateful Asian. Yeah. Oh, did I just say another hateful black, another hateful Asian? Pardon me. I'm not woke. I just woke up and I'm having my coffee. Hold it. Let me get more woke. The worst of them all was some Cretan, a black guy with bleached blonde hair. And um, he attacked police during the 93rd Academy Awards on Sunday night. And he made a political statement showing off the inside of his disgusting jacket, emblazoned with the names of black people killed by police. Okay. Where do they expect this to go? A police-free nation where we'll all be slaughtered in the streets? Yeah. Well, I'm not going there. I hope you're not going there, because today we're going to talk about not only the Academy Awards, but the communist revolution going on in America and America in free fall. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. You know, we talk about gun violence for one minute, and we're one of the top countries in the world for gun violence. That is true. But if you eliminate far left run cities, Chicago, Los Angeles, Uh, I think uh, Baltimore, Philadelphia, if you eliminate all of these far left cities run by far left mayors out of the quotient of gun violence, we're amongst the lowest nations on earth in terms of gun violence. Did you know that? I guess you didn't see that on ABC. I did not see it on ABC. Uh, It's frightening. And another one, I don't know her name, King something said it has been quite a year and we are still smack dab in the middle of it. We're mourning a loss of so many. And I have to be honest, if things had gone differently this past week in Minneapolis, I may have traded in my heels for marching boots. Oh, how cool. How cool. All of these suffering stars. An audience of 170 people with a fake stage set. They all loved her. No matter what is done in this country, it's never going to be enough for those with grievances that were built into their DNA. And so, I know, it's what you expected, and we'll go into it a little bit more. We have wonderful sound bites for you today, and the best actor category was the last award of the night, and Anthony Hopkins, who's one of the greatest actors in history, won the award, and boy, did it cause an upset amongst all of the minorities on social media. They wanted some guy named Bozeman to win because he's black, and of course, he's not white. And the nerve of them to be so outly racist, some guy named William Yu, I really don't know who he is, but he said the way the Oscars had so much diversity progress only to then end on an old white man winning the last award and is not being there to accept it. You know what? Drop dead. How's that? Unbelievable to me. Now, why didn't Biden win the award for the best act of a presidency in, in our lifetime, meaning someone who's making believe he's a great president when he's nothing but a stooge of the communist left. That would have been a great Academy Award. But before we go into that, I want to read something to you. I'm going to read it to you, actually. I rarely do this, but I'm going to do it to you. A friend of mine who's a Special Forces Green Beret from the Vietnam era, he has shrapnel in his body. He's one of my heroes, one of my best friends. I've known him for 40 years. What I'm honored about mostly is that he, he considers me his hero, even though I did not serve in the military. And what's interesting is I get a lot of criticism for not having served from those who did not serve themselves. But guys who actually served and are combat veterans and highly decorated respect me. Isn't that odd? Well, he sent me an article from a publication 
that I have to read to you. It was written by Ray DiLorenzo called The Communist Revolution in America, America in Free Fall. You have to listen to this. And I've, I'm going to link it up on michaelsavage.com. Let me read you some of the key lines because it's so worthy of you and your attention. Here's what Ray writes. If you were a fervent America-hating Marxist living in the United States, what would you do with a nation that is rich, powerful, and highly successful? What do you do with a nation that has religious freedom, is basically a moral country, respectful of law and order, with the Judeo-Christian principles of hard work, the dignity of human life, strong family ties, common decency, a strong desire for education, and a sense of accountability to God? America has freedom, capitalism, the opportunity to go up the economic ladder as far as your willingness to work hard. It is not a perfect country. Some of its past, like every other country on this planet, is dubious. But it is constantly improving, rearranging, and evolving. It is the envy of the world. What do you do when you have a commitment to turn this nation around to your way of thinking? Now, remember, this is not early 20th century Russia, where people lived the life of serfs, and Europe was in the midst of an industrial revolution modernizing and living in relative comfort. You certainly don't try to instigate a violent revolution. Revolution against what? Freedom? No, you change the culture. You let the people make the change. They just need a push in the left direction. You find its past faults and pull off any scabs you can find to stop the healing. You use their freedom to destroy them. They're not going to prevent you from speaking. You know it will take decades, but you are willing to put the time in. By the time they figure out what is going on, it will be too late. You have support from other communist countries like the old Soviet Union and now communist China. Stalin supported various Marxist organizations in the United States by sending people and money. McCarthy was right. Early on, you managed to get your comrades hired as professors, teachers, and philosophers in major universities. The students will listen to you because your theories are quaint and America is an open society, curious with freedom of speech. They will always listen to you, even if just to avoid being rude, but enough people will always be taken in. You branch out into America's favorite pastimes, Hollywood and music. You introduce nudity in movies, a little at first, then rock music that goes from love songs to heavy metal, satanic at its core. You encourage sexual promiscuity, but call it sexual freedom. You know the byproduct will be abortion, thereby cheapening life itself. You pit one group against the other, not fighting racism or misogyny, but inflaming it. You replace a God-centered ethic to a self-centered ethic. You can now freely choose your sexual preference, gender preference, kill your child. When enough young people begin to listen, you tell them to live for themselves. Tune in, drop out, feel good, experiment with drugs and all that life has to offer. Parents don't understand, but so what? What do they know? You don't want an educated, moral-focused youth. You go into the news business, both TV, print, and PC, writing editorials, turning news for information to indoctrination and propaganda, following the path that education took years before. Your greatest accomplishment so far, you took over a major political party. Luckily, there are millions of people who are sleeping, still thinking the Democrat Party is John Kennedy and believing that government is the answer to all our ills. Perfect. With Donald Trump, your comrades did not have a president willing to play along. He fought you at every turn and was doing much too good of a job. Instead of congratulating him, you fought back with lies, impeachment, and then a minor pandemic treated like the Black Death, planned years before to destroy the greatest economy we had seen. 
When all that failed, the big guns came out. A totally fraudulent election that was so extreme, so comprehensive, so well planned and executed by both foreign and domestic enemies, it caught everyone flat-footed. Even the Supreme Court that decided to do nothing. The left has proven they will do anything for power. The country now is in a free fall from where it was just months ago. You now lean heavily on disarming the people. You can't have an armed citizenry when they find out what's in store for them. By coincidence, if you believe in that sort of thing, we have a rash of mass murders in the news, in Democrat cities, of course. Push hard now for gun control. The cities you created are now the murder and poverty capitals of America. But they're useful. Proof that America and capitalism doesn't work. You must have patience. Destroying a culture takes time. But you must work more quickly now. People are beginning to wake up. The Leninist strategy of revolution calls for a two-pronged approach. One is a nonviolent phase followed by a violent phase. We're at the beginning of the violent phase. When you think you have enough of the indoctrinated in government, education, big business, the media, and entertainment, even in the churches and synagogues, it's time to go from persuasion to heavy-handed tactics, the violent stage. You've given up on much of the middle class and now depend on the indoctrinated and the 30-plus million illegal aliens you imported who are not accustomed to a representative democracy. If the country shows signs of disagreement, threaten riots. At this point, people who are not buying are considered insurrectionists, enemies of the state. At this stage, the political system is so corrupt, it begins to putrefy. You hide behind thousands of troops that never leave D.C. in spite of the promises to the contrary. You look more like a third world country every day, using strong arm military tactics to hold on to power. You know your grip is tenuous. You wonder if there are enough people living in fear that will support your coup. These people are not too bright. They have little knowledge and virtue, making themselves easy targets for tyrants. I sense an awakening. Millions of people, if not fully awake, have their collective heads off the pillow. At least in the red states, people are beginning to fight back, passing counter-legislation, claiming the Tenth Amendment states' rights. At least a dozen states are active in that pursuit. Make no mistake, there is a communist revolution taking place in America. The left is determined and well-financed. People had better be aware, organize, and prepare to defend the homeland. We have spent trillions on defense from external attacks but almost nothing to defend us from attacks from within. Whether they call it socialism or democratic socialism, it is all the same with the same goal, communism. That was written by Ray DiLorenzo. It's entitled Communist Revolution in America, America in Free Fall. And uh, rarely do I ever read anyone else's article on uh, my radio show in all the years. I rarely read anyone else's uh, stuff. And uh, on my podcast, I will quote from others, but I rarely read an entire article. Why did I do that today? I did that because it mirrors exactly what I myself have been seeing for so long. It is what I've written about in many of my books. So that article I just read to you, Communist Revolution in America, American Free Fall, written by Ray DiLorenzo, appeared in an amazing publication, Stand Up America U.S. Foundation. April 24th, 2021. And I highly recommend this, this uh, website. Stand Up America U.S. Foundation is a network of patriotic Americans who wish to return America to its constitutional roots. General Paul Vallely and the SUA staff are committed to educating their followers and assisting proactive groups in writing the ship of state. Your donation is important to us, etc. And they ask you to join today. The writer and editor is Ray DiLorenzo. 
Major General Paul Vallelli served 32 years in the Army, having retired as Deputy Commanding General, U.S. Army Pacific. And again, the article is not to be missed, Communist Revolution in America, which is going to be linked up on michaelsavage.com. Now, there are other articles on their website. They have a newsletter. They need subscribers and, and stuff like that. I highly recommend it, and I hope you'll get a chance to check it out. Thank you very much for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. You know, Breitbart, great, great website, had a wonderful article about the Academy Awards leading up to this Academy Awards by David Ng, NG. And he wrote about he wrote about the subject in advance. He said, vast swaths of viewers tuned out when celebs talk politics. And he was quoting a former Oscars producer. And Mr. Ng wrote this. He said, Hollywood likes to blame the downward trajectory of Oscar ratings on changing viewer habits and the length of the show. But now there's more evidence left-wing politics is at least partly responsible for the exodus of viewers. And he quotes a former producer of the Academy Awards who said that progressive politics is a major turnoff for people at home and that viewers turn off their TVs whenever celebrities promote political viewpoints, which, as you well know, are always left-wing. The, the age of patriotism is over amongst those, those communists. He says the anonymous producer told the New York Times that a minute-by-minute post-show ratings analysis indicated that vast swaths of people turned off their televisions whenever celebrities started to opine on politics. And as you well know, in recent Oscars before this one, uh, attacking President Trump uh, was the, uh, the joke line du jour. When Brad Pitt won uh, a statuette for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last year, Pitt used his acceptance speech to criticize Republican senators during the Trump impeachment trial. Oh, how brave. And then there were the controversial subjects like diversity, representation, transgender, that were always brought up by people uh, in Hollywood. Patricia Arquette's acceptance speech for Boyhood in 2015 concluded with a feminist rallying cry for wage equality and equal rights for women. <laughs> and uh, as you well know, the Oscars ceremonies have steadily grown more political with each decade since the 50s. And they did an analysis by Morning Consult, and it found the percentage of Oscars speeches containing political content increased. Listen to this. Back in the 60s, the political content of Oscar speeches was just 15%. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, the political content of Oscar speeches went up to 56% in the 1990s. 67% of all speeches during the 2010s featured at least one political word or a reference to representation. Okay, so you see where this is going. This year's Golden Globes show, which is, I guess, to do with television shows, they experienced a disastrous 60% drop in ratings. The Grammys, another left-wing uh, hate fest, tumbled by 50%. And Breitbart News reported a recent poll of 1,500 active entertainment consumers showed that not a single one of the year's Best Picture Oscar nominees has received any widespread public awareness. And that leads us to the headline today on the top of the Drudge Report about this, because it's, it's a very telling an important uh, commentary that you should know. And again, as a social commentator, you should, you should know this. Listen to this headline that I think is important. 
it was the first time ever that a movie won for best picture that no one's seen <laughs> or the lowest viewer right viewership ever of um from snubbing chadwick boseman to the butt and the bizarre stage well okay that's not what i'm talking about the fact is the best picture which was a thing called Nomadland about some woman 60s living like a hippie in a trailer. Apparently, it was the least watched movie that ever won an Oscar in history. Can you believe this? Well, okay, that's that. Nobody watched the movie. No, no one ever heard of it. But okay, there it was. And then, of course, the, the, the actress, McFarland or McDorland, gave out a howl on stage when she won. I thought she was deranged. She, she said, let me howl like a wolf. Did anyone understand that? Well, okay, there you go. How do you like that? So the confidence in entertainment has never been at such a low. And as we saw last night during the Oscar ceremonies, most of you wouldn't watch it. You were smarter than me. I had to watch it because I am a commentator, a social commentator. I I put up with this because of you. What more do you need to know than this punchline? Kanye West had sneakers that were old and worn out. They were auctioned off for $1.8 million in a private sale. I'm not making this up. Are you listening? A singer, a rap singer's dirty, filthy sneakers sold for $1.8 million. If that does not typify the death of America and who everything is aimed at, nothing else will. I'm Michael Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Great article on the Oscars in today's New York Post by Johnny Olek Sinke. Headline, Oscars 2021 tortured viewers for more than three unbearable hours. <laughs> that says it. Let me read some articles from it because most of you don't re- read any of this. Uh, if you open the window and listen closely Sunday night, you could hear it. The sound of millions of remote controls changing the channel during the 2021 Oscars. He said they may never return after last night. Producer Steven Soderbergh, the man who directed Traffic and Aaron Brockovich, among many other fine films, helmed the broadcast and was determined to make it more intimate and cinematic than usual. All right, as a movie critic, I'll play ball. Steven Soderbergh's The Oscars gets one star. The night was nearly nonstop drudgery, zero humor, and a format that tried even the most resolute of attention spans. Okay, that says it all. And he says that this event was meant to celebrate the movies. We rarely saw clips of any of the movies. Instead, we were told saccharine trivia about the nominees. This one used to work as a telemarketer. What's his name? Researched his role really super hard. When the cinematography, editing, and acting nominees were called out, viewers didn't get to see their extraordinary output. We listened to dumb tidbits available online. He says the Academy believes in the movie so much they made Best Picture the third to last category of the night. The producers clearly assumed the late Chadwick Boseman would win Best Actor, because he's black, of course. The final award presented, and it would be moving and historic, well, he didn't. The night ended with a winner's speech from Anthony Hopkins for the father. Meanwhile, our eyes couldn't take this self-righteous snooze fest. The camera work was shaky. The acceptance speeches were shot pretentiously off-center. The cinematic frame rate robbed this news event of electricity. This could make a buck selling the telecast as a smartphone sleep improvement app. At least your average kindergarten graduation at those, the cute little kids sing the tune. 
This year, all the best song nominees were, were relegated to the red carpet pre-show, which even fewer people watch, so there was no variety to spice things up. The best moment of the night was Yu Zhang Yun flirting with Brad Pitt and asking, where were you when we were filming? I don't even know why that's funny. I can go on and on. I mean, you get the picture. He didn't like it very much. They talked and they talked and they talked. And then they went on to beloved lost Hollywood royalty who died, right? And he asks this question. How doesn't Hollywood understand that audiences expect a night of entertainment from their entertainers? The politics, the slobbering adoration and overacted introductions are hardly ever tolerable. But even more so when not balanced by fun. He ends by saying this. If the Oscars wish to remain an American cultural touchstone, they cannot go back to the days of being a tiny industry trade event at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. That's it in a nutshell. But then it all comes down to the political correctness. Because you and I both know that if any filmmaker wanted to make a movie that any of us really wanted to see, we wouldn't be allowed to. Because every film is regulated to suit a particular leftist viewpoint. You have to have at least 50% oppressed people of color or gay or some other kind of person who's not on, on the norm. You have to show a character suffering due to a white villain. You have to have a negative view of the United States or otherwise be friendly to Joe Biden or Democrat causes and beliefs. You get it? So they're all insufferable, ridiculous, and unwatchable. Who is going to pay to be maligned or championed, by the way, in a movie theater? They're not going to make up the cost of what these phenomenal exercises in word salad would cost to make. Anyone who is white listening to this podcast who dreams of becoming an actor should give that up and just become and stay a waiter or a gardener if you can still get a job as a gardener. You hear what I'm saying? Because all of this is now becoming not entertaining at all. Eventually, Hollywood will no doubt make a remake of Little Women with an all-transgender cast and it'll be celebrated as a breakthrough masterpiece. You see where this is going. Unless this culture changes to America again, even the entertainment industry will die. And remember, most celebrities are poorly educated, if educated at all. They went to the high schools of performing art. They do know nothing about science, and yet they talk about global warming or weather changes. They're very, very talented marionettes. You understand what they are? But they all have opinions. They're not educated. And they're all left-wing communist or stupid opinions. And I say to you celebrities who may listen to this, why don't you just shut up and continue being Pinocchio? I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Now, as you know, most of these spoiled brats in Hollywood get a gift bag while screaming about poverty and inequality and wearing $25,000 dresses and saying they're down with the hood and the poor people. They all get a gift bag. This year's was $205,000 worth of free stuff. I'm not making this up. Oscar season, every one of the creeps, the nominees, every year, celebrity and product placement marketing company, Distinctive Assets, 
assembles a gift bag that the 25 nominees for Best Actor, Actress, and Director Awards take home with them, whether they win or not. Okay? A free bag. Uh, free bags so they can go up there and scream about poverty and inequality. This year's bags each were valued at around $205,000. That's a combined value of $5.1 million. $5.1 million for free goods for these spoiled bastards talking about poverty. $5.1 million. That's a million dollars shy of the worldwide box office for the best picture front runner Nomadland, which tells the uh, tale of a woman who's lost everything in the Great Recession. <laughs> it's, so, it's such hypocrisy. You get that one? Now, what was in the bag? This year's gift bag contains a lot of social justice in it. <laughs> I'm not making this up. $205,000 gift bag. And so the jerk who puts it together, the 49-year-old founder, Lash Ferry, I'm not making that up, said, we did want the bags to feel like they had a bigger purpose than just here's a bag of f- full of free stuff. So he made it politically appropriate. So all of the bags that we've been doing have been from female-owned businesses, black-owned businesses, disabled entrepreneurs, and companies who give back. What do they give back? By driving a Rolls Royce and wearing gaudy clothing, putting jewels in their ears? The brands absorb the cost for all the gifts, which range from chocolatey-covered biscuits and wafers, sweet and savory nuts, to expensive personal services, including a package of workout sessions with a celebrity trainer. A liposuction procedure with a cosmetic surgeon that you're supposed to know. And a project management person for the nominee's next home construction. (laughs) How's this for poverty? And so in recent years, the Oscars gift bag made headlines for its cannabis gifts. So they're all stoned and they eat the, the garbage well as well. And this year, the gift bag included a 24 karat gold vape cartridge. Sleep capsules that blend CBD with low-dose melatonin. And a hemp salve, a hemp salve from Fifth Element for post-workout recovery. You talk about sick people. It also has a limited edition cookbook, which includes such favorites such as squidding pasta, avocado toast, or nachos. And what do you need a, a cookbook for that? You can find it online. A portion of the proceeds allegedly helps... Uh, a portion of the proceeds from each sale benefits restaurant workers affected by the pandemic. But the, here's a hot one, and I'm saving the best for the last. Um, among the more interesting gifts is an emergency hammer to break windows in cars. Now, hold on. I don't mean to break into cars, but I'll, I'm not really sure. But it contains a PETA emergency hammer to save dogs trapped in hot cars. But I suppose Antifa or Black Lives Matter could use the hammer just to break into cars to make a social point while wearing a $15,000 dress. There's a poetry for Neanderthals game from Exploding Kittens. I don't know what that is. A GPS location activity tracker for pets. You talk about spoiled. And a brain-sensing headband sleep tracker. Wow, I sure didn't need a headband sleep tracker as I watched them last night, but believe me, I did it just for you on the Savage Nation podcast. $205,000 gift bag for these phony hypocrites to talk about poverty and inequality. Does it get any worse than that? Yeah, tune in next year. Well, the Oscar ratings crashed to an all-time low. The viewership fell to under 10 million for the first time ever. We're reading from Deadline by Dominic Patton. And so 
the Disney Empire took the big prizes. Now, you got to understand, ABC owns Disney. Uh-huh. And they took big prizes with wins for Best Picture and Best Animated Film. As I've told you for years, this is a trade show. It's like the Plumber's Awards. So the biggest plumber is Disney. Disney owns the channel on which they ran it, and their movies won the awards. So ABC won. But the, Neil, the ratings were a washout. Um, Nielsen released them, and the 93rd Academy Awards were watched by a mere 9.85 million with a dismal rating of 1.9 among the 18 to 49 demographic. That is an all-time low for Hollywood's uh, award ceremony. It's a drop of 58% in terms of audience from what the previous low of the 2020 Oscars got uh, last year. Now, I can go into all the details. It's jaw-dropping. And you could say, well, it's because of uh, COVID. It's not because of COVID. It's not COVID. It's because of all the politics, because of the low-life street degenerates and the anti-American slime, the racial garbage, the hatred for police. Nobody wants to watch this crap. And as a result of that, very few people watched it. So then you had Oscar nominees that no one even knew, no one had heard about. You had the Disney-owned network, and there it was. People knew it was going to be bad, but they didn't know it would be this bad. And so they're asking, will 2021 be the Pompeii of award show ratings or a tremor of sorts due to the particulars of the last year? I'll put it another way. The day they start making movies that salute America, salute the police, salute the military, salute the family and salute the church, they'll have people back watching movies again. But if they continue to run this anti-American communistic street trash with talentless haters, Who's going to watch it but talentless, haters, street trash? That's my opinion. Even Steven Soderbergh couldn't find a way to make those numbers shine. You get it? This is the Savage Nation podcast. Thanks for listening to this. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. I've been talking about the Oscars, and now let's play some of the audio that I pulled from it to give you an idea of how the night went. I mean, you be a judge yourself, okay? The first clip I want you to listen to is, quote, best live action short film winner. And it's somebody named Trayvon Free saying the police killed three people daily. Please don't be indifferent to our pain. Today, the police will kill three people. And tomorrow, the police will kill three people. And the day after that, the police will kill three people because on average, the police in America every day kill three people, which amounts to about a thousand people a year. And those people happen to disproportionately black people. And, you know, James Baldwin once said, the most despicable thing a person can be is indifferent to other people's pain. And so I just ask that you please not be indifferent. Please don't be indifferent to our pain. I have a lot of things I could say to him, such as, please don't be indifferent to how much we despise you, you idiot, you. The police kill three people a day. How many police are killed every day by these vermin? This is what? Live action short film? Is there a dead action short film? What's a live action short film? Does anyone ever hear of that? Live action short film. Well, okay, it's a new category. Maybe the best street trash they can do one for. That wasn't enough. 
Here is the best animated short film winner, Will McCormick, who says, we deserve better than to live in a country where more than 100 people die by gun violence daily. We dedicate this film to all those who've lost loved ones to gun violence. We deserve better than to live in a country where more than 100 people die by gun violence every single day. We deserve better. We must do better. We will do better. Thank you. Let me say again about gun violence daily. If you eliminate Democrat-run cities which are run by violent people in the gutters, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the other very big Democrat-run cities. We're amongst the lowest nations on earth for gun violence. Tell that to this moron. Here's another gem. Regina King, if Chavan's trial was reversed, I might have traded in my heels for marching boots. And that, as a mother of a black son, I know the fear that so many live with. We are mourning the loss of so many, and I have to be honest, if things had gone differently this past week in Minneapolis, I might have traded in my heels for marching boots. Right. Now, I know that a lot of you people at home want to reach for your remote when you feel like Hollywood is preaching to you. But as a mother of a black son, I know the fear that so many live with and no amount of fame or fortune changes that. Okay? Why don't you bring him up right? Then you wouldn't have to live in such fear. Teach him to respect society and the police and not dress like a a street bum with a hoodie on. Now Angela Bassett, whoever that is. We wish to acknowledge those precious lives lost to the violence of inequality, injustice, hatred, racism, and poverty to all of those who left our lives too soon. We are mourning the loss of so many, and I have to be honest, if things had gone differently this past week in Minneapolis, I might have traded in my heels for marching boots. Now, I know that a lot of you... People at home want to reach for your remote when you feel like Hollywood is preaching to you. But as a mother of a black son, I know the fear that so many live with and no amount of fame or fortune changes that. Okay? How about all the brains that we have lost to Hollywood? Let's talk about that one. And finally, we have Frances McDormand, who was as dead as a doornail, howling like a wolf during her acceptance speech. Please watch our movie on the largest screen possible and one day very, very soon take everyone you know into a theater shoulder to shoulder in that dark space and watch every film that's represented here tonight. We give this one to our wolf. I don't know what this woman was on, but it wasn't on gefilte fish well folks to end today's michael savage podcast i decided to play a golden oldie clip from a past show this one is from 2020 and it's about the oscars by the way from 2020 which i think you're going to enjoy in retrospect it also includes a little politics for the savage audience let's listen here we are Uh, we're watching the world go around the madness of the times is fabulous and of course, you say, well, why did you watch the, the, the Oscars last night if it irritates you? I watched it because I wanted to be irritated. I enjoyed being irritated. I tweeted all night long, and I'll share some of them with you because I think we've all come to appreciate that actors know nothing about the real world. Most of them never went to college. Most of them went directly into uh, the high school of performing arts. They went into theater. 
which is a world of make-believe, which is beautiful. We all love fantasy. And they live in the bubble of fantasy. And they're ridiculous. And anything they say makes no difference whatsoever. And by the way, thanks to Ricky Gervais uh, pulling them apart, they finally know that nobody cares what they think. We all know that actors in their hearts of hearts, if they have a heart, in their heart of hearts, the heart of palms, in their heart of palms, uh, at some level, all of them know that really they don't know anything about politics in the real world. But they don't accept that. They believe they're brave. They believe that by speaking about cows uh, and milk, artificial insemination of cows, that somehow they're uh, speaking truth to power and that they're very brave. This isn't the first time celebrities have lectured people in history. I remember going back to when Marlon Brando, remember that? The woman, she, the Indian woman, wouldn't accept the Academy Award. She went up and said, Brando won't accept the award. Remember? So we already had this a long time ago. And uh, there's nothing new. It was a political statement. But uh, as uh, the spectator wrote, celebrity is dead. That the Internet has killed the Hollywood star. Fame has been disrupted, you know. He said, thanks to social media, everybody is famous to at least 15 people. (laughs) Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook mean we don't have to oogle stars anymore. Uh, Everyone thinks that they're a star behind their bars, right? Isn't that true? You carry around your phone. If you have enough bars, you're a star. You can tweet a picture of yourself picking your nose, and it gets onto YouTube, and you're a star behind your bars. So everyone's a celebrity, and there's no need to glorify or worship Celebrities, because we're all celebrities, aren't we? And that, of course, explains the sad state of of the world that we are in. Karl Marx got a shout out during Barack Obama produced films uh, Oscar speech. I couldn't believe it. I heard it. Uh, Julia Reichert, she shouted out to Karl Marx, workers of the world united. It was so childish. It was so juvenile. She said, we believe things will get better when workers of the world unite. Our film is from Ohio and China, and, but it really could be from anywhere that people put on a uniform, a punch clock, trying to make their families have a better life. And? Working people have it harder and harder these days. Nonsense. And we believe that things will get better when workers of the world Unite. Now, when I heard that last night, being an educated man, I knew that that was a phrase from Karl Marx, the hammer and sickle, workers of the world unite. It sounds good on paper. It led to 100 million deaths. To hear that at the Oscars from this freak, Lauren Reichart, quoting Karl Marx, was a stunning new uh, arrival uh, in Hollywood. Unbelievable. Now, that movie was produced by Barack Obama's new film company. Are you shocked? No, 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 no. Many of us, what we're guilty of is an egocentric worldview, the belief that we're the center of the universe. We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby. Loony. Even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. And then we take her milk that's intended for a calf oh, and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. Well, I don't. I use almond milk, so I'm, I'm cleaner than that. Jackie Phoenix, you know, your heart is in the right place. Unfortunately, there's no mind to go with it. 
Uh, that's not the whole purpose of the uh, entertainment industry is to be lectured about cows and insemination. It's sad in a way because he looks like a nice guy who's lost. And I think he is the Joker. I think in his heart of hearts, in my I, I believe the guy's a little a little a whack job. But he deserved the Oscar for best actor because he plays himself better than anybody could have played himself. I just hope he never goes off like the character does in the movie. I think the Oscars are worth talking about. They're a cultural phenomenon. So I watched it like everyone else who watched it to enjoy bashing it. And it was fun. I got to tell you, it really occupied my mind. It was better than general television to see the... I never saw such garish dresses in my life. I happen to like style. I, I love women's clothing and I, I love the way designers work. Where are they getting these designers from? It was like one yenta after another dragging fabric on the floor. What was that about? And 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 the, the misshapen bodies, I, I don't understand it. The only good, there were some good parts. The good moments were watching Robert De Niro's face collapse when he won nothing. It was wonderful to see him and Al Pacino get nothing, which is what they deserve after all these years. They have had all the fame and all the glory a man could ever want in, in 25,000 lifetimes. But there they were preening in the front row, expecting to win an Oscar. And I was so happy to see they took home nothing especially De Niro, because of his outspokenness against Donald Trump. Uh, where is he today? I haven't heard any of his. He's a bum. He's a mook. Where did he go? I haven't, I haven't heard De Niro today. Probably needs major therapy today, I'll tell you. He didn't get his little award. He's got everything under the sun, that guy. Anyway, so we've gone from Einstein to Weinstein. I wonder what's going to happen. Now, what does blue and red America see eye to eye on? Remember that? Class? Savage class, pay attention, please. I would like to go into that for a minute, if you don't mind. Is there anything that America agrees on? Huh? What is it that you agree on with the left? Is there anything? Or those of you on the left, is there anything that you think we on the other side are saying or doing that you can agree with? Well, I think there are. Both red and blue America want to be safe and healthy, right? No one wants to live on a dirty and dying planet. Both sides can agree that we should reduce pollution. Can we agree on that? Maybe we are all on both sides tired of the establishment seeking to get rich from our division. Maybe the rejection of candidate Biden by Democrat voters and the rise of con man Bernie Sanders are evidence of people who are so fed up with a broken system and feeling forgotten they're ready to have their voices heard. Right? Now, on the right side, there's a similar sentiment of people who elevated Trump. Repeatedly on cable news, you heard that Trump was successful because he could vilify his opponents effectively. They're wrong. That is not why Trump won. They're getting it wrong again. This is what they still don't understand after all these years. Do you understand why Trump won? Because he ran on a nationalistic, a message of nationalism. That's what he ran on. He had a message, a positive message about America. America could be great again, that we could secure our borders that we could have English as the primary language, that we could be proud of our culture and the achievements of our folks who preceded us in this nation. That's why he won. He spoke to the average American out there. It wasn't because he bashed his opponents. He did a good job of that, but that's not the main reason. Okay? When Elizabeth Willing Powell, a well-known colonial politico in Philadelphia, asked Benjamin Franklin, on the steps of Independence Hall on the final day of the Constitutional Convention in 1787, she asked this, what do we have, a republic or a monarchy? Franklin, 
equipped a republic if you can keep it. And if we're going to keep it, we need to see what the other side has to say. We need to see what those not in power have to say. Both red and blue have to come together or we'll all be washed away by the tidal wave of a revolution. Okay? At least that's my opinion. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.